All right. We are here again, and we're excited about connecting with you all. And um, we are on the beginning of, I believe, a historical week. It could possibly go into next week as well. I think we're about to see rolled out a rescue operation from heaven for the citizens of earth from, uh, yes, the virus, pandemic, but something so much uh, bigger than that as well. And it's, uh, it's just so good for us to continually have this time where we reconnect with who he is, what he did. And again, as we're going to start communion in here in just a moment, to remember, the communion was not just about us getting tickets to heaven, but it was about his kingdom coming on earth and about empowering his sons and daughters to be light, to be salt and light, enough so where nations would walk to the light of the sons of God. And right before we get started here, I know Elizabeth's going to have something to share after uh, communion. I just want to read, I may have read out of it um, yesterday, the day before, but I'm going to read, um, I think, eight verses of Isaiah 45. And Isaiah 45 is about Cyrus, God's instrument. And again, whoever, if you know, if you heard any prophetic words at all about when President Trump came in, if there was one word that was repeated all over was the Cyrus anointing, Isaiah 45 connected to him being the 45th president of the United States. And, and so I'm just going to remind us of this because I think this week is a, is a major uh, manifestation and fulfillment of, of this chapter, this week going into next week. And so here it says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, and loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. So you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, for Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Rain down, you heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness or justice, depending on what version you have. Let the earth open. Let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. And that's where we'll stop, right there. And um, take you back to verse 2. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. To give you context again for Cyrus, Cyrus was called to take out Babylon. Babylon had become, any observer would have said it was going to be there for hundreds of years. It was right after Nebuchadnezzar, his son was in place, and they literally had double doors, bars of iron, uh, gates of bronze. They seemingly were impregnable. 
and they held the world's resources. If you want to say behind the bars of iron was where all the resources were. And there's a real practical application of, of that for us today. We cannot say that Cyrus, that Trump has a Cyrus anointing if we're not ready to follow it through with application. And the application is there is a cutting the bars of iron. Then it goes into, I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches. And we jump to that. But on your way to that happening, you got to break in pieces the gates of bronze. You got to cut the bar bars of iron. And I believe that's something that's happening right now. Some of it already happened in the last week or two. And um, there is a whole, um, a whole breaking down of modern Babylon. You know, tied in with uh, uh, Soros Open Society Movement, Project 21, New World Order, all these things, what they had in plan and in mind. And these things are in the process. It's the greater, it's the, the thing that's bigger than the virus that's taking place. And um, uh, the virus, so-called virus, uh, many people say it's not even a virus, but it is It is something. It's some kind of plaguish something or another, apparently bioengineered. But that's, he's coming not just to deliver us from that. It's a much greater delivery than that that he's, that he's taking us to. And uh, things at the tops of the mountains that have been locked down behind gates of bronze and bars of iron are having to be broken down at this time. And so it's it's what's going on behind the scenes and and much of it no longer will just be behind the scenes. And so it's a, it's a time to uh, put up or shut up, I say, even for myself um, and for all who saw Trump. And it's interesting, he says, I gave you, I called you by your name. Um, and this name is Trump. And there was so much God... And, you know, all the way back years and years ago, people have repeated that prophetic word from um, uh, Kim Clement. Trump shall be my Trump. And what's a Trump? A Trump is the highest card, the card that wins the hand. It's associated with a trumpet call as well. And trumpet calls were always about jubilee, about victory coming, about walls of Jericho coming down. And, um, you know... This is the time right now. It's where it gets proven. Is God, is God playing cards? And he's, does he have a trump card for what the enemy has pulled out? And the enemy, it's straight from the pit of hell. The uh, whatever, whatever, what's called the, the COVID, the coronavirus, uh, whatever that thing is, it is, it is a real thing and it's from the pit of hell. But I believe this, this week, uh, going into next week, and there may be specific Passover day, we see the Lord just really show his might in, a, in an unprecedented way. And so this is a time to, you know, position ourselves as the Passover children of Israel did in their homes. They applied the red, the blood over their doorposts, doorposts of our minds, over our houses, over our families. And we say, Lord, we need, we need you. And again, the, the focus even for the original Passover was not just that Israel, wow, the angel of death passed over, um, but that, in quote, angel of death also took out, um, it took out the strength of Egypt. It's the, the, by taking out the firstborn, it represented the next generation that was going to continue to keep Israel in bondage. 
So the Lord is going to use all this and, and, and do much more than we imagine and take out the strength of that which sought to bring us, keep us in bondage. So we're just going to go ahead and if you have your elements, this is a time again where the rubber, rubber hits the road. And this is where we, in a practical way, we let him know our hope, our confidence, our faith, our trust is in him. The battle is the Lord's. Just like salvation for every one of us. You couldn't work your way up there. You needed a redeemer. You needed a rescuer. It's the same. The situation that's before us, we needed a rescuer. We needed a redeemer. He's using some human instruments, and a key human instrument is President Trump for things moving forward. But this is this is, uh, this is is what we do to say, hey, we need you as our deliverer, our redeemer. Uh, to show up now, and he will. So let's take bread. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Let's follow it up with the cup. Lord, we thank you there's power in the blood of Jesus. You've been speaking into the blood of Jesus. A few years ago, there was justify winning three years ago, the triple crown, all the prophetic words that came from that. And he was named out of the book of Romans and says we are justified by the blood. And there's justification for a home in eternity, but there's justification for our assignment here on earth. And we look to you. Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Okay, Elizabeth. Well, um, the last couple of days, I've been reading over you from our uh, Reformers Handbook, Rise. And I've read over you um, just the heart of the Father, the heart of God, in a nuanced way, his different faces. Um, and today, I just feel drawn to God as King. And we connect that to the mountain or area of culture called government. But I, um, I love thinking about how, you know, when when you think of a king in our day, it's not it's not common language, obviously. So I think back on movies or books I've read about kings and their kingdoms and the citizens of their kingdoms, and um, you know, the citizens back in the day who would have a king. Uh, because of lack of technology, um, etc., many of the citizens of the kingdom would go their whole lifetime without ever having actually seen their king or personally known their king. But they knew the heart of their king based on um, the, the atmosphere, the culture of the kingdom that the king created for them to live in. If it felt safe, if it felt... Um, like they had everything they needed, if they had an opportunity to thrive, if they, um, you know, the the edicts or verdicts that were passed down seemed fair and just, uh, etc. And so when I think of the king, our king and his kingdom, you know, we're the ones, we're the ambassadors who get to carry out the heart of the king to the citizens. 
and the citizens of earth. And when we steward our positions well, we help create an environment, a climate that acclimates the hearts of, of those um, around us to believe that there is a king and he is ruling and reigning and he does all things well. And obviously, we're far from that right now in every area of culture. We're, we're not where we're going to be. And we've received a measure of the kingdom. The kingdom has come and the kingdom is coming. Um, but we are alive at such a privileged time where we're awakening to the reality that we can partner with God, not just to see souls saved, but to see his kingdom coming to earth in practical, real ways in every area of culture and government, no less. Um, so anyway, I just want to read over you right now the face of God as king and his heart towards us as our king. So if you want to just close your eyes and, and allow this to just settle in on your spirit and the reality of him as king to... Um, just bring that that steeliness back into your resolve, back into your um, core of, of knowing the bigger picture that we live in. He says, My sons and daughters, kings and queens in training on the way to the throne, in order to understand my kingdom and my government, you must know that your experience with earthly government is quite inferior to mine. My kingdom is the context in which my heart as your king is seen. As your king, I'm delighted to serve you. I'm delighted to share my power with you and display to and through you my better ways of doing everything. I created you with royalty in your veins, whether you ever feel it or not. I created you to know me so well that you care about what I care about. You are an extension of me and my kingdom in the earth. You are proof that I rule and reign with wisdom and mercy and justice. My government, the way I do things as an extension of my very heart towards humanity and creation, my government was set into motion before time. And what I set into motion always, only, ever increases. My kingdom, my government is always, only, ever increasing. If you have eyes to see, the kingdom has come and is coming like a runaway train that cannot be stopped. It's coming in you, around you, and through you and all who are mine. Open your eyes. Open their eyes to the good news. My kingdom is overtaking your lesser deficient ways of doing things. Believe and tell them, orphans no longer... Sons and daughters, together we shall reign on the earth. We will reign over all sickness, over all disease. We will reign together over poverty and lack. We will reign together over every 
injustice and over every broken system. You and I, we will reign over every lie that has ever been told or even implied about who I am and who you are to me. Oh, I just love that. That's so good. You know, I want to um, repeat something that I said just very briefly on a, a a call that we did with a group over the weekend. Um, I just keep being reminded of something that the Lord told me at the beginning of this year for 2020. He said it was a Gideon year for us. And when I think of Gideon, I think of him... Um, he he was hiding from the Midianites. Their generation was being uh, attacked by the enemy, so much so everything that they would produce, every crop they would make would just be taken before they even had a, t- a chance to harvest it themselves. And um, so he was threshing the wheat, um, hiding, he was hiding in the wine, the wine press area, right? And so yeah. he was, he, he was, doing what he was supposed to be doing, but in a place that you don't do it normally. And I feel like that's the number one way right now that we connect with Gideon. We've been doing what we're supposed to be doing as the body of Christ. I think we're, we're right on schedule with, you know, we've allowed each wave that's come in the last several decades to, to, hit us and produce in us amazing fruit. You know, this wave of understanding that God um, has given the Holy Spirit to us. And many, most believers, I think, are are spirit-filled. And then a wave of this intimacy and worship where we've learned to just be real and authentic with Him and before Him and receive His heart back in an authentic, real way. And just like another wave of understanding his grace, that we don't have to perform for him and and that um, he offers himself um, just full of grace. And, you know, un- another wave of understanding intercession and what it means to, to fast and pray and um, prayer rooms and, um, you know, there, a wave of... of just understanding that the the church is got to be relevant and real and authentic. I mean, just many different what I call kind of waves of of the Father teaching us and growing us up as as a generation. Just just in our short lifetimes, I'm just amazed at the progress that's been made. But like Gideon, we're one of the one of the main areas I think that we've had this kind of new knowledge and understanding is that. Um, of faith that God wants us well. He wants to heal us. We have access to his nature and character as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And we've shifted away from just taking everything at face value to understanding that he's not the source of cancer. He's not the source of sickness and disease. And so, you know, I just know countless people in my, my short lifetime who have contended for that nature and character of God to be seen. And we've, we've seen it on occasion. We haven't seen it, I think, in mass like we're going to. But back to Gideon. Gideon was, was doing what he was supposed to be doing, but he was having to do it somewhere he shouldn't have to do it. And we've been confined kind of into these four walls of the church, so to speak. And we're, we're 
we're like convinced of all these different things about God, but yet we've we've just kind of mostly practiced it on each other. And there's meanwhile this whole world out there who's just getting eaten alive by the enemy. I think some of what Johnny's alluding to is that that's going to be known more in the weeks or however long to come. We've been being trampled way more than we realized by the enemy. And I say we as in the, our world, our society. And dark, sinister, evil has has prevailed on so many fronts in obvious ways and in some ways that are going to be quite shocking. So here Gideon is, and you know the story. He's, he's um, confronted by an angel of the Lord who, um, when he realizes who he is, Gideon just begins to just pour out his frustration. And he's like, where is the God of our fathers? We've heard of these amazing um, exploits that they, they did in the power of God. Why hasn't my generation seen it? And the, the angel responds to him and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours. And I read that, um, I know there's layers of truth and it means lots of different things. To me, when I hear that, I hear the angel pointing to his frustration. Your frustration, you're, you're, you speaking of the obvious contradiction is your might. The fact that you notice that something's missing, that you should be able to have more authority than you do, and it bothers you, I like that. That is your might. And that's what you're going to go and and hit the enemy with. And so I feel like even in this time, like, is so pronounced. We're all in our houses. We're all pulled back. Why are we not able to be in the hospitals right now emptying the hospital beds of whatever the virus is and everything else? Like we, we've come to know a God and we're fully convinced of a God that has empowered us to partner with him in that way. But yet, obviously, we're not walking in the fullness of that yet. For me, what that means is God is going to do that and better. When he hesitates and doesn't fulfill his nature and character in us and through us the way that we are convinced he, he can, it's because either we're doing something wrong and if this is all on us, then we're all screwed, you know. So he's not counting on us to do this all right. Thank goodness. But the other option in my mind is it's because he wants to give us something even better than what we're asking for. If we could go in and empty hospitals right now, we'd perhaps settle for that. And maybe he's wanting to do a wholesale, like, going after the root of, of what is behind our diseases and our illnesses. What is it the root of these injustices that are going to become more and more pronounced? So um, I'm excited. I feel like we're in this hidden place. We are, we are allowing frustration to build. And I think of that as like our appetite is building. He says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So he's expecting us to sit down at a feast and have an appetite worthy of a feast. He wants us to consume all that he's about to lay out before us right in the presence of evil. 
And I just see that it's like that frustration that's building right now in us and that um, because of a lack of power. Um, and I don't, I don't see it as just a lack of power. Like I think some of the things that are about to be revealed even, we're going to be like, whoa, how come nobody prophetically saw that? That's been going on like right underneath our noses and we didn't know it. So we're about to get a major upgrade and our appetites are building right now for what is about to be laid out on the table in the presence of the enemy. And um, so I'm excited. Our God is king. He's on the throne. He's teaching us in ways we cannot conceive right now. And the good news is to learn, you don't have to be aware that you're learning. But we are learning right now. We are growing in our understanding that God is going to um, put into words for us in time. And our, our, our understanding will catch up with what we're actually learning. But we're learning how to rule and reign with Him. And He's adding to us. He is increasing us. We are growing in the knowledge of God um, as the body of Christ, even in this hidden place, even as our frustration is growing, and we got to embrace it, let it build, ask the hard questions, and and let your appetite for what he's about to to invite us to consume uh, build. So I hope that makes sense to you guys the way it's uh, it's good. It's hitting me, but. Um, Let's just pray real quick yeah. again for for what's happening in our yeah in our uh, nations right now. Father, you are Emmanuel with us, and you are everywhere. Um, you're everywhere right now, and you're with the least of these, and you are orchestrating things the way they need to be orchestrated. And you're fair, and you're just, and you are good, and you are kind, and you're compassionate. You are loving. You are love itself personified. And you are not a victim. And you are not um, you are not in the powerless position. You are in the most powerful position of all. And that you are pouring mighty torrents of your love out right now on, on everyone who deserves it and everyone who doesn't deserve it. Ultimately, none of us do. And, and you are offering yourself in your fullness, constantly pouring out, seeking out any heart that you can uh, care for and that will let you in. And so we pray for the hearts of uh, the people in our generation right now, God, those who are close to their last breath and those that are just being born and all of us in between, we ask that you would awaken our hearts to the love that you are pouring out on us and and allow us by your grace to respond to it, to choose you and to find you in the midst of wherever our circumstances, each one of our circumstances are right now. We do pray for the leaders of our countries we pray for um, uh, Boris, is that his name in, in Boris the UK? Johnson. Boris yeah. Johnson. We pray, Father, for him, for his health. We ask God that you would bless that country, that you would bless uh, the leaders of that country. We ask that nothing would take his life unless you say it's his time. We ask that there would be no room for the enemy to take his life before 
um, before it's his time. And so we pray against the, the virus that's in his body that he would be healthy and strong and that he would have a turnaround today. We pray for the leaders of um, our country, of the United States. God, we ask you know who those key leaders are in addition to the obvious ones. And we pray for their protection over their bodies, their minds, their spirits. We pray and agree together over the wise counsel that they're receiving, over the decisions they're having to make. We ask for a great grace to be on them, an anointing that is equivalent to the issues at hand. We ask for clarity of mind. We pray for our military wherever they are, in whatever country they are. We pray that you would empower every single one of them to do the job that they've agreed to do with excellence, with grace that is beyond their own personal capabilities. We pray for um, anyone, God, who is suffering right now, who cannot help themselves, who have no, no one else but you. We ask that you would send angelic help, that you would send um, people that represent your heart to rescue, to come in, to do whatever it is that needs to be done for them to, um, to not be consumed by the, the power of the evil one and whatever that looks like in their circumstance. And we just hold up um, the shield of faith to every fiery dart that would come against our own thoughts, our own hearts, our own lives. And we thank you, Father, for the army, armor that you've given each one of us. And we, we uh, wield that armor and the sword of faith, the shield of, what am I saying it wrong? The sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. Thank you for your word that is powerful. We ask you to just bring it to our minds as we need it, God. As you need agreement in the earth, would you provoke our hearts to agreement? Um, we don't want to miss any opportunity to be a conduit for what you're doing here and now in our generation. So we just say yes with our hearts um, to you again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, one thing let y'all know. Um, this has just uh, come up in the last couple of days, is that I'm going to be doing a Zoom call um, invited by Patricia King. And so it's going to be tomorrow, 1 o'clock um, Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. And I, I'm not sure if this is going to be going live. I haven't even been able to do the research on it, if it's going live for her or how this is happening or for recording something. You can follow us on our social media and we'll tell you about it. Yeah. Um, we'll probably send an email out about it as well. And um, blessings, blessings on everyone. And we do look forward to being with you tomorrow. Yes. Thank you for your feedback. I see some chats from Melody. God bless you too. And from Cassandra. Awesome. Love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow.